Look, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. I think they bathe in stem cells. <laughs> they bathe in stem cells. Yeah. Chris. How are you? It's been a minute. Has been a minute, and it has been a great Australian Open. Truly, truly great. One for the ages. This has been one of my favorite tournaments that I can remember watching. And it's just like the fun thing kept happening. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty great. Did you watch the uh, men's final? I watched both finals this weekend because my son has been screaming <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the night. So I couldn't go back to bed. I woke up at four and watched the entirety of Williams-Williams. Wow. And then um, this morning I woke up around 5.45 so I caught like sets four and five yeah. of the final of Rafa, Roger. Yep. Epic. Epic. Me too. You're so lucky your son has night terrors. That's yeah, like really, I think that a lot. Really, really working out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what What did you think of how uh, Federer was playing? Um, I think he transcended even his own heights, to be totally honest. I thought in sets one, which to be fair, I only saw highlights of, um, three and five, the three sets that he in fact won. Um, he's played better than anything I think I've ever seen him do. Like even at the height of his powers, which was like profound to watch. And to be fair, Rafa played a really good match. Like, he, did. he did. It's yeah. hard to watch. It's hard to describe something like that where you're like, oh wow, somehow he has raised his level of play even when the level was already really high. And I think, right. you know, that happened and you saw, you saw like a few points where even I think he was surprised. Rafa was certainly surprised, don't you think? Starting with that verdict match, like you could see how sharp his backhand was. It was crazy. Like he was hitting. His backhand was amazing. Uh, amazing. Um, and it was weird to see him, not weird, but it was fun to see him pl have a match with his backhand like that against Rafa because like so many tournaments, Rafa just break down his backhand and that was sort of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have talked about Rafael Nadal's entire game being centered around dismantling right-handed backhands with that right. loopy cross-court forehand shot. And it, we saw it dismantle Roger Federer year after year after year. I was thinking today, I, I don't remember the last time I saw Roger beat Rafa in a five-set match. He can get away with a three-setter here and there. And obviously, for the better part of last year, neither of them played. But it has been right. a long time since I actually saw Roger like go the distance, actually outplay Rafa, and the backhand was the huge huge yeah. uh reason why i think yeah and also i mean that's his third five setter in this tour yeah <laughs> that's incredible for such an aged man i mean he's still five years older than nadal i kind of watched the whole thing thinking that they were both in their yeah in their late About 30s to, like collapse into like, oh, piles of dust on the benches yeah totally yeah okay so to recap it has been yeah. two months since the last the main draw episode we talked about coming yes. back during the australian open we barely did it but here we are <laughs> well, I had a kid. So you had an extra that. kid. We had a downfall of democracy. I don't know what my excuse is. I don't know. I've been busy. I've <laughs> done a few things myself. Um, but uh -huh. here we are. We are talking here on the end of the fortnight of the Australian. A great tournament. Seeing, sort of surprisingly, Serena Williams, who doesn't... That might not surprise a lot of people, but considering she went into the tournament not ranked number one, amazing to see. Right. Perhaps more surprisingly, well, definitely more surprisingly, who she beat in the finals. Yes. Yep. It was like 2003 all over again out there. Her sister, Venus Williams. Um, Venus Williams. How cool is that? Yeah. Venus had an amazing tournament. Yeah. She, she yep. played great. She beat the upstart 
um, Coco Vandaway, mm-hmm. who, like her had not, a had a yeah. great tournament and right. is really exciting to watch. Um, I think she's like six one. We've talked about her on the podcast. She's a she's a lightning yeah. rod. She's a lightning rod. Where do you stand on Coco? I mean, I don't love the politics, but leaving that off of it, the game is like unbelievable. I mean, she's like she's yeah. like can play the big power baseline stuff, but she's great at the net and has a great serve. And yeah. she's won two yeah. titles both on grass, and she's like a sort of unabashed aggressor and has like a cocky. Yep, she's different. I don't know yeah. if I always read for her, but it's exciting as a mix-up, as a as a way to to to. She beat Muguruza pretty soundly. Yep. She beat Angelique Kerber. She beat the crap out of Eugenie Bouchard in what was like kind of a battle of like the young, pretty intense women, and like right. that was a battle of three sets. And then ran into a very very unformed Venus, but like made a really really big dent, yep. um, making it to the semifinal. So that was exciting. And then with this Rafa Roger throwback final which like they both had great tournaments. So it was just like super fun to your point, everything like that you kind of wished for, especially as a, as a, you know, fan for years and years happened. And I feel great about Serena and Roger taking it. I don't know if you do. Yeah, I feel great. I was, uh, when I was watching the, the men's final, I was thinking about, do you remember that year that Federer beat Roddick in that semifinal where he played like the greatest match ever? Mm-hmm. And he, yes. he was like one, you know, love one and two or something like that. I was just thinking <laughs> about like that was like seven years ago. And that was like that was like the peak of everything. Like nothing could yeah. ever touch how good he was then. And I, I'm sure I'm sure that he was better then than he is now. Right. Where it's just like you don't. Um, but he just looked flawless for parts of that match last night. It was great. Well, I was watching the highlights as they were setting up for the match over the weekend when, when Rafa and, and Roger had both won their semis, and they showed highlights of their first ever match in Miami in like 2003. And both of them were hitting, you know, the games were the same, the fashions obviously were different, the clam diggers were in effect. But like, n- neither of them <laughs> while looking a lot more spry, right. neither of them played with like sort of the depth or angles that they played over the weekend. I know that's kind of weird. Maybe it was like a small sample size, but they were both kind of like leaving the ball high yeah. in the middle of the court. And I have to imagine like maybe the game has changed a little bit. And so it's possible. Yeah. You're probably right. He huh. probably peaked and this was one sort of rare moment of reaching back to this that height this weekend. But I also think maybe the game has evolved so quickly and so powerfully that we can't even like sort of keep up with it. And they might be better now, even if they're able to achieve that state less and less because of their bodies. I mean... Talking about their bodies, I was thinking like, like Federer's legs. It's a crazy amount of wear and tear. The fact that he's only had one injury and then got over it and came back and won a major, it's crazy. It's amazing. Like the older I get, they realize just all the time. Like his base is so strong. That's like he works out and everything, but that's also a. Gift. It is a gift. And then you know the other thing I was thinking, I and because I've started thinking that I should do this at the ripe age of thirty six. I think they bathe in stem cells. <laughs> they bathe in stem cells. Yeah, sure. I don't think that's illegal. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Yeah, I mean, although you... that's you know we've certainly gone into that territory before on the podcast. <laughs> we have, but mixed I mean, results. <laughs> you do, <laughs> you do live in Manhattan, so I, I'm you know sure what? anything's you... possible here. Exactly. Yeah. Like some, you know, some umbilical cord vendor. <laughs> You know, and just give me some like dried powder for my bath. I'm serious. I think, yes, it's gifts and yes, it's team, but also I think access to technology that is just yeah. like stuff that we can't even imagine. I know a person 
who is not a professional athlete, uh, who has gotten stem cells in parts of his body. Whoa. He was like, yeah, it was great. Yeah. (laughs) It turns out it's amazing. (laughs) Right. Uh, So that um, might be a thing, um, you know, to think about for you and I, maybe if a stem cell company wanted to sponsor the podcast, we could like try it for free. I would do it without any medical advice. Just roll the dice. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, okay. On the, uh, on the change over time, time progressing theme do you do you think nadal is is almost in front of agassi in terms of uh cosmetic changes over the course of a career are you talking about the hair emergency oh um not just the hair emergency the clothes like remember like he had clam diggers no sleeves and now he just looks like so efficient and he looks weirdly it's made him look weirdly more stocky kind of yeah he kind of got stockier you're right um, Same way it did with Agassi, and it might have been because both of them had varying short lengths throughout their career. Yeah, Nadal yeah. is now, I would argue, maybe the shortest length on the tour, which yeah. I like. Yeah, sure, sure. I actually think he has come into the best possible stylistic uh, iteration of himself. Uh-huh. Um, the hair emergency, notwithstanding, because I actually like him with shorn hair. Um, I don't want right. to pile on. The one thing, though, he looks like a piece of beef jerky. <laughs> what can you possibly what does that mean have you seen how tan he is yeah. i mean i think he's just like on that ibero star cruise line every hour that he's not <laughs> at a tournament yeah like it's just bananas i think he's got to be doing so much skin damage it's crazy i know he's one of those guys where like the minute he retires like you'll see him in stands in here and he'll look like he's 87 yeah, just it's like, going to be like Nick Volatari. He's just like a leathered piece of meat. <laughs> You've been left out in the sun. Yeah. You're right. He has had, he's undergone an incredible stylistic change. And I actually think it's largely for the better. The shoes are still not exactly on point, but I think other than that, the, the tailoring and the, um, the, the fit yeah. and color scheme of his clothes was probably among the better I saw this Fortnite, which makes me really happy because yeah. he had the farthest to come and he did it. Okay. So I was thinking back to past conversations we had, which evolved for both Federer and Serena, we had discussed the idea of if they won another major, would that be it? Would they just call it a day? Obviously they're not, but do you think either of them should? Okay. So I've actually undergone a a evolution of thought on this one because I was talking to these really really wonderful guys who host a show called um, The Body Serve, which is a tennis Uh podcast out of Toronto. They kind of have the opinion that like, you know what, if you're such a great champion, you have every right to stay or like, not that you're suggesting that they should sort of be retired by outsiders, but essentially like you can, you have the right to like fade gracefully into the background or hang on on tour with like claw and tooth and nail. And then, you know, you're like playing qualifiers like uh, like Francesca Schiavone, one of my favorite players who won the French yep. and now is like, you know, barely on the cusp of qualifying for major tournaments and has to like play qualies against 20 year olds in like right. tiny backwaters. You know, that's like she, but who, by the way, announced that she was retiring this year, but she's still doing it and like respect. So no, so I, you, I would have said yes, I think, but now I'm like, fuck it. Like nobody thought Roger was going to win 18. Um, it's been five years since he won a major. I know. Serena almost amazing. died a couple of years ago. You <laughs> right. know, I I do think if Venus had won though, do you think she she would have just dropped the racket? I mean, God knows I would. Like I'm yeah. ready to retire right now. 
Right. I mean, given that all the health stuff and everything, I, I was kind of, I never, I couldn't have imagined a scenario where I would be slightly bummed that Serena won her 23rd, but I do feel that way. The It, it, it tends to favor a, a player who that isn't necessarily like about consistency, but it can, there can be some weird results. And so how do you, how do you think of this tournament? This one in particular is like a bellwether for what's to come for the next couple of months. Not too much, although it's hard. Well, one, not a whole lot. Like, I, I don't know how much of a bellwether it is, but I do in terms of, you know, people all ranked, you know, five through 20. Like, I don't know if it, if, if it means too much on that front. I mean, I think that it's super hard to tell anything about the coming year without knowing what's going on inside Djokovic's head, right? Like, that's such a weird... Sure. That's a that's big a one. a big, big, big one. Um, so, I'm, so I'm not sure. Um, what about Murray? I mean, he also bat out pretty early after he yeah. worked really hard to get number one at the end of the last season. Do you think he would just, like, kind of burn no, out? No, I don't think so. I think that he... Did Did you watch that match that he went out? No. No, I actually yeah, didn't. So that guy played amazing. The others have played amazing. And also, I mean, mm-hmm. he played... He played the way that people thought, like, you know how when Roger was trying to do the uh, Sabre thing where he was just going to, like, get in and keep the point short, that guy actually played that to perfection. So, like, Murray should have beat him, obviously, but it was a weird, weird match. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like Murray pooped out. I don't think so. I mean, he was basically like, I'm going to dare you to hit 43 passes, and Murray couldn't do it. So, I mean, he played poorly, but um, he didn't melt down, I don't think. I just think he wasn't up to doing the specific thing that this guy would, to his credit, make him do to win. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so Djokovic's mental state, Murray, you think, is probably fine. Yeah, what's left for Serena, yeah. I, it's, it's hard to imagine Serena doesn't just, like, keep it up. Like, Kerber's been a nice foil. She's really solid week in and week out. Yep. She's got a good game. She's got one of the few games that can take it to Serena. Yeah. I think we're really missing Victoria Azarenka yes. right now. Yeah. Oh, speaking Maria. of... Yeah. Maria coming back in Stuttgart. Not yes. an accident. Yes, that Since is very it's the exciting. Porsche tournament, and Porsche is one of Maria's sponsors. Um, what do you? I we talked about this a little bit last year. Sleeve tattoo, like a teardrop coming out of the left side of her eye, like half shaved head, like just total rebranding. She's going back like ferocious, like she went to the the yard. <laughs> exactly. Like like I want her to just be like you know like I was wrong. The man is out to get me, and just be like an antihero cool. the rest of the way. Just like super yeah. jacked. Super jacked. <laughs> yeah, it's suspiciously cut. She has been basically, as far as I can tell, on vacation with an army of professional photographers. If her Instagram <laughs> is anything to go by, <laughs> and she sent exactly. herself to Harvard Business School for sugar pova. Yeah, her candy sugar line. Pova. So she's like not uh, super sweating the tour. Um, hey, I got one more thing. Shoot. Um, so. Uh, when I got up this morning, uh, so I watched the match, then I slept some more, then I got up with my first kid. Mm-hmm. And the first story I saw about the uh, men's final was something on ESPN along the lines of like, uh, Federer in- inches ahead in the greatest of all time competition, the GOAT competition. And my first thought was that match, I don't think was in any way a referendum on who was the greatest of all time. Like, do you see it as factoring into that at all? I don't know. Like, like for me, like clearly Federer is the most accomplished player of all time. And Nadal was clearly. Well, Serena clear- is actually the most accomplished oh. player of all time, which is why Damn. I was like, uh. you got me. Yep. You I got mean, me. not to be, you know, no, not to no. pull that card, but it's like, well, just no. by any record, no, Serena no, wins no. like all of them. Pull, pull you, Andy. The greatest Murray. men's player of all time. You, you, uh, Andy Murray'd me in a good way. Yeah, I'm um, gonna argue actually that it is a bit of a referendum. 
because one of the main points that people make against Roger Federer being the greatest of all time slash men. Yeah. <laughs> men's division. Despite all the records, despite all the, like, the Grand Slam titles, 18, he still has a losing record against Nadal. I've heard that be like the one caveat. And so with that, it's like, okay, well, he, at the very end of his career against a player five years younger, granted one that was also like out with injuries, mm-hmm. he bested him in like a pretty dazzling leave it all on the court kind of final. And so, yeah, I think incrementally you could say that it, it, it took a little off the Nadal, you know, was a better player than him at his prime kind of t- conversation. Yeah. I just, I think I'm like too wrapped up in, and I'm not uh, defending this as like the right way to think about it. Just the way that, uh, Nadal used to just pummel him. Um, and just seeing him just, just get like physically dominated. It's just, it just stays with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was a anyway. very, very different match, but usually the, yes. especially in like the last seven years, I mean, it was like, holy moly. Seven years. Yeah. Right. I think the last time Roger <laughs> yep. beat Rafa in, in five was in 2009. So that's eight years. Yeah. Um, yep. I want to leave you with something. Are you ready? Sure. So it's, yes. it's more to just say, I'm delighted to be back. I've missed talking with you. We haven't been totally asleep at the wheel. Yes. We have been uh, gathering some interviews with some illustrious writers, some of whom are just interesting thinkers, some of whom have been writing for Racket Magazine, which is great because it means I can ask them to come on the show. Um, and so I'm excited about this, our, what is this, our third or fourth kind of season of this show that we've been doing? Yes. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Okay, welcome back to the draw. Okay. Welcome back to you and me. Yes. And uh, um, let's let's do this all the time. Let's do it all the time.